I know for sure with horses, one of the biggest, most important underlying causes to them is stress. So when I see stressful events happen to them or any type of trauma, especially a grief, so they've lost a herd mate or perhaps they've lost a human, there's some separation there, something's going on, it can trigger some pretty serious physiological problems and I see it all the time. Welcome to the Healing Horses with Alicia podcast. In this episode, I wanted to talk about the principles of holistic horse health. So whenever you're trying to take a holistic approach to whatever issues your horse is working on, it's really important to understand the principles underlying all of that because it will help kind of serve as a compass for you whenever you're making decisions, if you are trying to take a holistic approach, and it'll also help you start seeing what beliefs are at work here. So there's a lot of beliefs that drive our decision making, especially when we're nervous and we're scared and we're confused maybe about what's happening with our horses. So the more cemented the idea of taking a holistic approach is and understanding why you're taking a holistic approach and all the beliefs that feed that approach, uh, it's really going to make things clear for you. It's going to give you a lot of clarity uh, when you have different options presented in front of you and you have decisions to make, um, then you're going to have a good understanding on why why you're making those decisions and what you truly feel uh, to be the right thing for your horse. So there is a really big difference in the holistic health model compared to the allopathic health model. Both of them offer value, but when you're making decisions, it's important to understand why you're making them and what you're doing to your horse or for your horse when you're making those decisions. So one of the very first important principles that we have to keep in mind in the holistic model is that for true healing to occur, every dimension of your horse's being must be addressed, body, mind, and spirit. And in contrast to that, what I see happen a lot out there in the horse world is let's say your horse has developed a skin condition. And then let's say they've also lost a herd mate recently. So there might be some sadness going on. There might be some depression happening there. Horses feel grief uh, very deeply. So it can actually trigger stress reactions and, and issues in their physical health when that happens. Maybe they're having a laminitic episode on top of it. So it's very easy for horse owners to compartmentalize all of that. So they want to do something for their grief, find another herd mate for them, put them in a different location, maybe give them some remedies to help with the grief. And then they're doing something else for the skin. So they might be putting something topical on that skin issue, whatever it is, say it's hives or um, hair loss or something like that. And then they're doing something different for the laminitis. So from a holistic perspective, all of those things are connected because you can't separate organ function. You can't separate the body systems. They all work together to sustain life and to maintain good health in a, in a healthy horse. So from a holistic perspective, we're looking at all of that. How can we help support the emotions? How can we help restore balance to the physical health? So depending on the order in which those things have occurred, I know for sure with horses, one of the biggest, most important underlying causes to them is stress. So when I see stressful events happen to them or any type of trauma, especially a grief, so they've lost a herd mate or perhaps they've lost a human, there's some separation there, something's going on, it can trigger some pretty 
serious physiological problems, and I see it all the time. One of the most common ones is laminitis, but you can also see some of those type issues come up. So they developed a skin condition they've never had before, or ulcers. Ulcers is another very common condition that is caused by stress, emotional stress, physical stress. So we have to keep all of that in mind when we're working with the holistic model. So that means I can't just go for the skin and put something on that. I can't just, you know, get a new trimmer and maybe do some nutritional support for the hooves without addressing the emotion. Because as long as that horse's stress levels are high, you're going to have a harder time restoring balance to the body. And that's just how it works. So I've seen lots of horses where the approach taken is to be to address all those three things very separately and very differently. And usually what happens is it kind of maybe gets held off for a little while until the floodgates open. And then sometimes the health problem can actually morph into something else. It can become worse. So the horse's skin problems get worse. The laminitis gets worse. The inflammation in the body gets worse. So it's always best to try and nip it in the butt right at the beginning, figure out what that underlying trigger is. And in that particular horse, I'd be really trying to support stress levels. I'd be really trying to keep stress low and help them heal from the grief because I know that horses can hang on to it for a period of time and it can cause them a lot of stress even though you might not know it. The second principles of holistic horse health is that they must be treated like an individual. So this is something that I'm always talking about in everything I do and all the courses I teach because largely what you read out there, you can read a lot of different information on horse health and nutrition and you know what's best and what they're typically doing is is talking about the general horse, which means that applies to every single horse on the planet. And it's just not practical to do that. That means we're trying to standardize horse health care. We're trying to find a model that works for every single horse in every situation. And if I've learned anything from all the years I've been doing this, it's that every horse comes with a unique combination of factors that have developed that health profile that they have. So that means they have a different genetic blueprint They have different stress factors in their history. So they all come with experiences and traumas and things that have happened to them over time. They all have a different tolerance and ability to deal with stress. Some horses are a lot more sensitive than others, for example. So that has to be taken into consideration. They have also had different histories as far as nutrition. There are some horses that might have gone through a period of time where they've been rescued, uh, they've been malnourished. Um, It's been really, really hard for them to be healthy because they haven't had the tools to do so. So you have to take that into account as well. And part of that is identifying, you know, where are the biggest nutrient deficiencies for that horse? What is that horse become depleted in? They also have different levels of toxicity depending on their history, where they've come from, geographical area, how their health has been managed. So whenever I'm assessing a horse, whenever I'm helping students find their way through to the best program for that horse. You have to look at all of that to be effective. You can't just take one program for every single horse and expect it to work. And that's the trouble with trying to Google everything because it's just general information that may work for your horse, but it might not depending on what those underlying causes may be. So the most effective way I've found is to look at that horse, consider all the factors that have developed that horse health profile, and then find your way forward from there with some effective solutions. 
The next principle of holistic horse health that I always keep in mind is the underlying causes. For any program to be effective, you have to address the underlying causes. There are three major ones that I'm looking at all the time for every single horse. And underneath that, there's an umbrella of other sub underlying causes. So for example, the first one would be stress. Stress is a really big deal for horses. They are hardwired to have a stress response. And whenever there's the chemistry of stress in their body, it also changes everything else. Stress depletes nutrients. Stress changes hormones, so it increases cortisol. Chronic stress Sometimes cortisol is a good thing, but over a long period of time, it can actually shift the metabolic system from more anabolic, meaning they're building tissue, repairing tissue, being healthy, to a catabolic state where they're starting to break down tissue. So that's really, really important when we're trying to recover our horses. You can't take a horse that is under extreme stress, whether that's physical or emotional or mental stress, and then expect them to heal. So this gets tricky when, for example, there's still a lot of laminitic horses being confined and those horses are going bonkers, right? Because they don't have friends and they can't move around. That horse is in a chronic state of catabolism, basically. So the tissues are just starting to break down over time, right? Because the cortisol levels are high all the time. So the best thing to do in those situations is to find some lifestyle factors that you can implement that lets that horse move around so that they're a little bit more calm. Put them beside a buddy. Find something to reduce those stress levels. It is so, so important. If you're trying to recover a horse with ulcers, let's say they've been diagnosed with stage four ulcers, you know, stress is a number one factor. So finding some lifestyle strategies for them to reduce stress levels, and that includes frequent feedings and not confining and making sure that they have friends that they can touch and socialize with, that's all a really great start for them. And sometimes if you skip over that and you just try to supplement, you end up spinning your wheels a lot. I've seen that happen quite frequently. The second underlying cause that I'm looking for is nutrient deficiencies. It runs rampant in horses because there's so many horses now that are on 100% hay diets. In some extreme cases, sometimes they're on straw. So the nutritional value is very poor. Then you add in some stress and you add in some toxicity and they're not even absorbing the nutrition they're getting very well. So there are a ton of different factors that deplete nutrients in horses and that includes the soils and all the other factors that take nutrition out of food. Even the you know, multi-mineral mixes and the supplements that we're seeing, you know, a lot of those are inorganic forms, so they're not that bioavailable. So our horses are always operating with less than they need in most cases, especially horses that have chronic health issues. So even the horses that are insulin resistant and PPID, laminitic, they have digestive issues, chronic colic, whatever it may be, there are always nutrient deficiencies present that can be corrected and better nutrition is always the first step to better health for those horses as well. The third underlying cause that I'm looking for with horses is toxicity and toxicity is everywhere. Uh, We can't get away from it and our horses are designed to detoxify. It's part of how their body works. But what happens over a period of time, it's the accumulation of toxicity over a lifetime. So that can come from, you know, a lifetime of medications, 
infection. So if a horse has had chronic infections uh, for a long time, so and that includes thrush or bacterial infections, viruses, parasites. There's a lot of horses that are high shedders. So, you know, they've always struggled with parasite infections and compromised immunity. That all takes a toll over time. Other sources include, you know, chemicals and sprays and fertilizers on their hay, chemicals and commercial feeds. There's medication. So horses with a long history of, of medication use, whether it's NSAIDs or steroids or all of those medication groups are sources of toxicity. It is things that the body has to break down and metabolize and deal with. So Water sources, of course, so a big topic out there is high iron in water. That is a form of toxicity for a lot of horses as well. Uh, vaccination, so the over-vaccinating is becoming a real problem for some horses because they're already immunocompromised. So those are all factors that you have to take into account when you're formulating a program for your horse. If you're going to be as effective as you can be, you have to understand what those underlying causes are and how they affect that particular horse. And that's going to be different depending on the horse you work with. So some horses, you know, as I mentioned, stress is going to be a bigger deal for them. For some horses, it's toxicity. If, you know, they're high shedders and they've had parasite infections for a lot of their lifetime, you know, that has to be addressed and, and dealt with because it's very hard to get their nutrition up and get them digesting in a healthy way and all of that while they're having active parasite infections. So just to recap, those are the most important principles that we're looking at. So you want to address body, mind, and spirit. You have to address every dimension of the horse. Every horse must be treated as a unique individual. And to be effective, you must identify and address the underlying causes of whatever health challenge that they have. So there are a lot of holistic modalities that you can use for horses and start applying to help them improve their health. A few of them include diet, lifestyle, emotional health. So we talked about that today. Stress management, hoof care, Right. So how you are approaching your hoof care for your horse is a really big deal, especially if they've had soundness issues or they've struggled with laminitis. Therapeutic nutrition, also known as nutritional therapy, can be extremely effective and in many cases, literally the missing piece of the puzzle. Medicinal plants, so herbal therapy. Homeopathy and energy work. So homeopathy is a form of energy medicine and it can offer a tremendous amount of value. And there's also lots of different types of energy work and body work. So Reiki and acupuncture can be very effective to integrate into what you're doing, uh, different types of body work, cranial sacral work. So all of that can really come to the forefront to help your horses out just to handle or just to help practicing prevention, you know, just helping your horse support good health, no matter what environment that they're in. So the holistic perspective of equine disease and wellness also covers the physical intelligence. So every horse, and this is a philosophy that I have, has a physical intelligence that keeps the body balanced and well. That means instructions are being sent from cell to cell to cell all the time, almost simultaneously to keep them healthy, to keep the hormones getting produced, to keep their heart pumping, to keep their breathing rate regular. There's an extraordinary number of functions, bodily functions that are happening every second. And so 
I do believe that the body just has a natural physical intelligence. And when we're taking a holistic approach, that's what we're trying to tap into. We're trying to see how we can support that physical intelligence. How can we communicate with it using energy medicine and nutrition and diet? How can we create a better environment inside for that horse uh, to help restore function? Most chronic conditions in horses are caused by diet and lifestyle. And that should be a really, really important point that you take away from this episode, because if it's caused by diet and lifestyle, that means we can do lots about it. It's when we ignore the diet and lifestyle and carry on trying to sort of patch the dam, so to speak, that we run into trouble and we spin our wheels a lot trying to find effective ways to restore health for them and nothing ever really seems to work. So you cannot get a horse well, especially if their chronic conditions include digestive imbalances, ulcers, colic, leaky gut, parasite infections, insulin resistance. So now we get it more into the metabolic condition. So insulin resistance, PPID, the laminitis, it is almost impossible to get your horse to recovery long-term. So you're promoting longevity without tackling the diet and lifestyle. It's very, very difficult to do. Symptoms are the expression of the disease. So when I see a horse with a certain symptom profile or a certain health profile, That is just the way that horse is expressing itself. And I always use the example, like you can line up 500 horses that have been diagnosed with insulin resistance or equine metabolic syndrome, and they are all going to present a little bit differently. Not all of them will have every single symptom. Not all of them will experience it the same way either. So it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with your horse if they don't have the typical profile. It just means that that's where their imbalances are. That's how they're expressing their condition. And sometimes it can change the approach because you can use that information sometimes to find very specific nutrients or specific remedies to help with that particular thing. So for example, some horses, but not all, have a lot of lower leg extremity swelling, so lots of edema in their lower legs. That is a symptom of sluggish carbohydrate metabolism. So that means they're not circulating and they're not metabolizing their carbohydrates very well. And it takes a lot of water to remove carbohydrates from the body. And if their circulation isn't there, they tend to pool in the lower legs, the udders, the sheaths, and things like that. But not all horses will have that. Other horses will have the crested neck and the fat pads. Some of them will have weepy eyes. Some of them won't. So it's all kind of different, but you can use those things to kind of formulate a more effective program for them. Disease is the body's way of communicating that there is an imbalance. So instead of looking at disease or health problems as a disaster, kind of take it as, okay, the horse is starting to talk. And I've seen this with my own horses. So one of the horses we had when I was younger, if we had have seen the signs when he started to develop symptoms and his health started to fall apart a little bit, we could have done a lot for prevention if we knew then what we knew now. But unfortunately, we missed those things. So just take it as this is an opportunity to get on it. You know, don't wait to start improving their nutrition or reducing their stress levels and eliminating the toxicity in their body. Just start now because it'll go a long ways in their future. It's also important to note that when these conditions emerge, 
usually and not always, but the kind of the sweet spot, especially for the metabolic type issues is between about 14 to 16 years old. They started long before that. The chemistry in their body is starting to change long, long before that because it is related to diet and lifestyle. And so the chemistry starts to change usually well before you actually see symptoms. So the sooner you can get on those things, the better. And it's not always a bad thing. Usually the shock comes where you see no signs at all and then all of a sudden you end up with a diagnosis for example but still even when that happens there's still a lot you can do with diet nutrition and natural remedies if you have a horse with insulin resistance ppid or pssm make sure to take in my free master class resolving equine metabolic syndrome naturally you can sign up at www.aliciaedwards.com forward slash master class that's e-l-i-s-h-a edwards.com forward slash master class Inside, you're going to learn the top three most common mistakes that can stand in the way of your horse's recovery from insulin resistance, PPID, and PSSM. And you're going to learn my four-step guide for prevention and recovery from all three conditions taking a holistic approach. This has been tried and tested on thousands of horses with great results. To sign up, www aliciaedwards.com forward slash masterclass and you'll also find the link in the show notes. So I hope that helps give you a better understanding of the holistic approach and the principles involved whenever we're making decisions around implementing a holistic approach for our horses, no matter what condition you're working with. And as we go forward in this podcast, there's going to be a lot more topics to kind of cement those ideas. So I hope you join us again. 